When you're looking for a payment service, maybe don't look so much at uh, Venmo or PayPal. Three men, five headlines, no warnings, no rules. That's right. It's a right angle lightning round brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and let's dig right in. Uh, according to my notes, uh, Bill, you're going first this week. Oh, this is an interesting story. Uh, Russia removes submarine fleet, uh, or submarine Black Sea fleet from Crimea. Uh, according to the UK, Russia has likely removed its Kilo class submarines from its Black Sea fleet off of Crimea over concerns it is no longer secure as Ukraine sets its sights on the peninsula. Uh, again, that's according to UK Intel. Uh, you know, it wasn't that many weeks ago that we thought, man, this is something of a stalemate. And now it looks less and less likely that Russia can hold on to Crimea. What's going on here? Um, well, obviously, uh, uh, the submarines, here's the thing about a submarine. A submarine is either completely vulnerable or completely invulnerable to, to, to ground-based forces, right? It's, it's one or the other. It's a binary situation. If it's tied up at the dock, a, a submarine is extremely fragile, actually, uh, compared to uh, any other warship. And so if this thing gets in range of high Mars or whatever else, and, you know, what's the range on those 60 miles, something like that? There any, we, we have now given the Ukrainians enough precision, long-range assets so that they can hit submarines that are, that are docked. And so they're saying to themselves, Maybe you ought to undock these guys and get them out of there before they start raining, uh, uh, raining hellfire on them. Um, the, this this precision long this precision long range strike capability is what really turned it around, Steve. Uh, it's it's what's allowed uh, the Ukrainians to basically put so much uh, confusion and destruction in the in the rear of the Russian lines that when they started their counteroffensive, it essentially just collapsed. Uh, there's a lot of intercepted phone calls from uh, Russian soldiers that I've heard who are complaining about the, the, the fact that they cannot simply they cannot walk out of their trenches or their bunker without immediately being spotted by drones and having either mortars or artillery on them in, in the space of four or five minutes. So the, it's actually the drones that are the game changers in this war. That's the, that's the thing that's really just revolutionized this war. So if if the if the Russians are talking about moving assets away from Crimea, it's because they believe that they are soon going to be within range of precision, long-range Ukrainian weaponry, and this is a smart thing to do. It's not a hopeful thing to do, and it's not what winners do, but uh, it's what they're being forced to do. And if I remember correctly, the, the kilos are not terribly advanced subs to begin with, but, you know, it's the Black Sea. It's not their primary theater. Yeah. It's not like they're out in the middle of the Atlantic. So uh, it's yet another sign that 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 this Ukrainian uh, counteroffensive continues to roll on. And then the question is going to be, where do they stop? And I, I suspect it will be at the Ukrainian-Russian border. If they can take Donbass back, I think they'll do it. And I think they have a right to. Wow. Lots to unpack there. Okay, Scott, let's go to you. Switzerland's environment minister suggests people shower together to save energy. Simonetta uh, And to create more Samaruga. Swiss. Pardon? And to create more Swiss. Well, <laughs> it tends to work. Uh, she suggested that people turn off the computer when you don't need it or turn off the lights or shower together as part of her measures promoting a 15 percent reduction in energy consumption. Um, I don't see showering together conserving a whole lot of energy or, or, or water for that uh, matter. Do you? 
You know, um, as pleasant a thought as that is, and and frankly, it's just there's there's a spot in the middle of my back that I can never get cleaned. Um, Don't you so hate that? there's, I do have a <clears throat> a particular shower partner in mind for this, uh, but uh, I. <laughs> I don't see any harm in that. Um, I don't know if it's going to conserve a lot of water, but it could make for a more interesting life and a better relationship. Um, I'm not sure that computers, when they're not being used, are sucking up that much power. I, I think, as usual, government officials tend to go for things that they think people can understand that are basically low-hanging fruit but not really going to make much of a difference in anything. Um, I'm reading a book right now. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's a second book I've read by Robert Cialdini. He wrote a famous book called Influence. And this one is kind of a, a riff on that same idea. And he said that there was a study done um, in, a, in an actual men's room where they put a, um, a recycling bin in the men's room to see if they could get um, men to uh, recycle the paper from the hand towels and so that that would you know, be better for the environment. And what they found was that uh, when they had the recycling bin in there, men used 50% more paper than they previously <laughs> did. <laughs> Because you know, I think they were they were being responsible. Like, oh, okay, I don't want to be wasteful when they before they had the the recycling bin there. But once the recycling bin's in there, it's like, oh, they're just going to recycle this. It's okay. And so that it increased the use of uh, of an alleged uh, scarce resource or something that would you know make the planet a worse place if we did it. So I don't. Anyway, I think that uh, the government wants you to have a shared sense of responsibility in whatever it's about. And so it finds these little pedestrian changes that you can make in your life, dial the thermostat back two degrees or whatever, turn off your computer, uh, shower together. But I must say, uh, of all of those regulations, um, if you're asking me, as, as President Carter did back in the 70s, if I'd like to throw on a sweater and turn my thermostat back, or if I want to take a shower with my wife, I think the answer to that question would be clear. <laughs> I remember my dad claiming to have misheard Carter and that he was supposed to keep the thermostat at 68 in the summer and 72 in the winter. And by God, he did. Uh, Bill, <laughs> over to you. Los Angeles based Beyond Meat. You know, they, 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 they make the, uh, the, the oh, plant yeah. grown biologically induced fake meat stuff. Uh, their chief operating officer, Doug Ramsey, was arrested over the weekend for biting a driver's nose after an Arkansas football game. Apparently, there's this, this road rage incident leaving the game. And uh, Doug Ramsey allegedly threatened to kill another driver after this Arkansas football game in which he allegedly bit his nose and didn't just bite it. Um, during the alleged attack, Ramsey alleged this is straight out of the news report. They're the ones there's with a lot the of allegations okay? here. Yeah. <laughs> Ramsey allegedly bit the other man's nose, quote, ripping the flesh off the tip of his nose, <sighs> end quote. Do you think making fake meat just makes people cranky? <laughs> Sounds like real. Well, meat I've never me. really thought of drivers as the other white meat before, but I suppose <laughs> times are changing fast. Uh my first response to that would be, you know, get the guy a cheeseburger, for God's sake. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the perfect food. It's the superfood. And I'm not joking about that either. Some people have really seriously taken a look at it and said, you get, you get protein, you get carbs, you get vegetables. It's a, it's a superfood. Get the guy a cheeseburger. Um, obviously, this is... Uh, I was just going to say it's just a complete coincidence, but I do suspect that if you're going to work for a company that makes artificial meat, that you're probably philosophically a little out of the center uh, of the center line. Um, I don't think everybody, I don't think anybody ever accused Mike Tyson of being a vegetarian and he's been known to eat a body part or two. <laughs> so I suspect this probably had to do more with unbridled rage than, than with, uh, you know, cannibalistic urges. But then again, I don't make false meat for a living and I don't know what it smells like. And I don't know, uh, what, what, uh, what growing meat does to your, uh, to your appetite. And, and frankly, I don't want to find out. Yeah, it's like what Bill Gates said. He's about eating, you know, fungi meat. He said, you can get used to the taste. No, Bill, you can get used to the taste. <laughs> Having my ribeye. He won't, though. Yeah. There's my corpse paste. Exactly. Uh, Scott, back to you. McDonald's CEO is not loving it in crime-ridden Chicago, according to this report, and is considering moving the company's headquarters. Uh, McDonald's business employees are scared to return to the office because of the uptick in violent crime in Chicago. According to CEO Chris hmm. Kemchinski, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, the CEO also claimed the company was having trouble hiring new employees because of worries over their potential quality of life. Now, Scott, you're one of these uh, uh, transplants to Texas. Uh, is there some validity there? Is there some validity to what's going on with McDonald's? Uh, it, that idea of there being a better life away from these 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 blue cities oh. and these blue states like the one you left uh, all those years ago. Yes. Yes. And, and this is no slight to my former home state. I have frankly loved everywhere I've ever lived. Uh, but um, I, when I meet people, as I often do, because I'm in the retail business that sells home goods, um, who just moved to Texas, I always tell them, I hope you love it half as much as we do, uh-huh. because that'll be enough. Um, we just love Texas. And uh, recently, in the last couple of years, the North American headquarters of Toyota, which was based in California for 52 years, moved next door to where I work and not far from where I live. And so this is not, they're not alone. There are many, many corporate headquarters that are moving, especially to the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. Um, because uh, of things like this. Um, It's a lifestyle choice. And you you think, what does it take to get somebody to move to a place where a nice summer day is 105 degrees? You think, wow, that would be really difficult. It's only difficult if you're a roofer. Um, It's because the rest of us are in air-conditioned comfort everywhere we go. (laughs) Um, Frankly, it feels like a resort community most of the time. I go out and take a walk early in the morning around this lake um, that we live next to. And it's gorgeous. And I'm, of course, stewing in my own juices and making my own gravy. But I would rather be doing it here where I can do it year round uh, than anywhere else, especially in some of the northern tier states. So McDonald's, welcome to Texas. You will find not only a, a much safer environment here, but some people very eager to eat the prime product that you make. Yeah. And that car company, Steve, uh, when it left California, it was originally going to relocate to China, but it was only just a tiny little bit less communist than California. And so they decided that they wanted to go someplace where they had more business opportunities. 
despite the low labor costs there. And do you realize that if I just realize this, but if Texas were to secede from the union, that state would have the best space program in the entire world. Absolutely. It'd have the only one. And furthermore, if it were to secede from the union, every hardworking, brilliant person out there, every entrepreneur, everybody who had any sense of initiative would be there immediately. And yeah. people have asked me what it would take for me to leave uh, California and move to Texas. There's your answer. Yeah, I Good think there's know. a sign at the border that says, welcome, John Galt. Well, I would, <laughs> I'd say I've got a shovel in one hand and I've got an AR in the other. I am ready to dig ditches and defend the country. And that's all I'm asking to do. Okay. Last headlines for me. Oh, this comes from... Uh, this comes from a, an organization. They're only a few months old, but they're doing some vital work called Gays Against Groomers. And they have just been banned from Venmo and PayPal. And according to their announcement, mm. the two bans happened within minutes of each other, as if there was some sort of coordination between the two payment companies um, for violating their user agreements. And the organization said, we are an organization that consists entirely of gay people whose only mission is to safeguard children from abuse. Woke homophobia is real, folks. That's according to their Twitter announcement. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's necessarily woke homophobia. I think what we have here, I, in fact, I know what we have here is a culture and a business culture that is gotten involved in the what's the word i'm looking for in the enabling of grooming of kids so much so that they can't stand a small mom and pop outfit like this raising a little money to do some good work to protect kids so uh, when you're looking for a payment service Maybe don't look so much at uh, Venmo or PayPal. All right. That's your lightning round for uh, this uh, third week. Thanks so much for watching. and We'll see you next time. 